With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club. And they hail from Lubbock, Texas. Celebrating in the streets in Lubbock. Wow. Because Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. Who are we presented by, Dylan? The 1012 Network. That is right. We are now presented by the 1012 Network. I know you heard the man, the myth, the legend himself. That is Dylan Smythe. I'm Albie Shore. Uh, yes, that is the news. We are now a part of the 1012 Network. We're very excited to be with them. Uh, they are now our new network. We provide the best in p- best podcasts across the Big 12. Uh, I believe we are now officially the seventh team covered in the Big 12 out of the current 10 schools in the Big 12. Um, And actually, there's another pod soon to be coming on here soon that I cannot divulge, but I found out and I'm pretty excited about them. But uh, yeah, this is exciting. Not only do we have the seven teams, we also have Midwest Madness that is also covering college basketball as well. So uh, it's it's, it's pretty exciting. I'm glad you reminded me because it totally, it totally was lost on me that this is our first 1012 episode. This is our first episode as part of the network and nothing's going to change on our end, but you've the the truth of the matter is you've heard a lot of their voices on this podcast already. So, we've kind of been connected with this bunch already. They're a great group of people and we are happy to be podcasting with them. Yeah, no, just it's the same old same great stuff. Um but with that, we can we can collaborate a lot more with a lot of the people from different schools. And what that means is we can also crap talk them as well. We've already had them on the pod, like Dylan was saying. So uh, we can just um, hopefully laugh at them and not get laughed at. Uh, if they were, if we had them on the pod this past season, it'd probably be a lot more laughing at. But some of the news we've been hearing on Twitter, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Uh, the news, we're recording this on Friday. We had to push back our publishing day a day because we were busy on Thursday. But we're recording this on Friday. The news about Quinn Ayers on the football side just came out, which is just wild. It's wild and crazy. Um, I just read something on CBS Sports, and we had a 50% chance of landing him. I I don't. I, I've, my heart's been broken too much to actually believe stuff like that, but it's it's pretty wild. I mean, I don't know. It's To me, I've heard three schools, Texas Tech, Texas, Texas A&M. For me, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for him to go to Texas because he was once upon a time committed there and kind of sp- shunned them and went to Ohio State. I'd be surprised to see him go to Texas after that season. But then, you know, why would he be coming to Texas Tech after our season? I don't know. If I had to... One thing I will say... Go ahead. Well, one thing I will say is that nobody just adds Texas Tech for the hell of it. (laughs) Right? You know? Like, nobody just throws Texas Tech in there as a, oh, yeah, he's also like that. There's some bones to that. That's fair. For you to just put Texas Tech in there like that. Like, that's not a throwaway school. People do that with Ohio State, Notre Dame, Texas, and just throw that in there. But Texas Tech's not a throwaway. So how about this right? report so that uh, he, he's looking to bring a bunch of 2022 class athletes with him <laughs> wherever he goes? 
And if you add that to what I've been hearing about as far as who our OC may be, um, it's, <laughs> I don't, again, I'm not going to let myself get excited about Texas Tech football. I will not do it. I will not do it. Um, before we get into the meat and potatoes of the episode, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a jinx. I don't know what else to say, Dylan. I'm a jinx. I, so, background. I've talked about this already quite a few times. Back in September, laughed at the, the Texas Tech volleyball team. Laughed at them. Right? I was like, ah, oh, they try hard. Good job, good effort. Yeah, you know. Yeah, the, the volleyball team. And then guess what? They started winning a bunch of games. They were like, screw Albie Shore. I'm tired of him talking mess. We're going to win this. Won so many games, they got invited to the NCAA tournament for the first time in almost 20 years. Great. And then, first round game, are kicking the crap out of Florida Gold Coast. Two easy set wins. And guess what? And then we're up in the third set. And my dumbass <laughs> says, I might have just talked down to one of the greatest teams in Texas Tech history. <laughs> I finally give them credit, Dylan. I finally give them credit. <laughs> and they lose the third set, lose set four, lose set five. The season is over. And uh, I'm a jinx. I don't, you know, it's, it's. Somebody also brought up, they just tweeted at me. Somebody brought up that I've also done this to the soccer team too. And is it, am I not allowed to talk women's sports anymore? Is that what it is? Well, you know, if if women's sports and, and if it gets into men's sports, I mean, you're just, there's going to be no place for you anymore. Hey, I predicted the Iowa State win, so I'm, I'm taking that to the bank, okay? <laughs> taking that to the bank. So uh, anyway, let's get into this episode. So this podcast episode, we, wanted, we are going to talk about <laughs> a team, another team that lost. And that's the Texas Tech men's basketball team that lost to Providence on the road, a true road game out in Rhode Island on the road in a game where Tech looked like the better team, right? Like if you, that's one of those games where if Texas Tech plays Providence 10 times, Tech wins at least seven. Texas Tech looked like the better team, but two things happened that, that really threw Tech off their game. Thing one was... Providence went to a zone late in the first half that as a tech had never seen before. And it wasn't just a normal zone in Tech's defense in, in Coach Adams' team's defense. It wasn't just a normal zone. It was a two-three matchup aggressive zone, similar to the ones that Syracuse plays. They were in your face, guarding you up from beyond the three-point line. And they switched up the zone a few times too. We saw one where they were in a one-three-one. They went into a three-two a couple times. It was it was very confusing. It's a well-coached team. They did a good job, and they threw Tech off when Tech was rolling. That's one. Two, can't get away from it. The referees, I, I don't think the referees were calling a biased game, but they were calling a very ticky-tack foul game against a very aggressive team that is Texas Tech. And from the very begin, from the 10-minute mark of the first half, we were in foul trouble. A good majority of the team was in foul trouble for the remaining 30 minutes. Dylan, what was your assessment? Yeah, I mean... You're right that early on we looked like a, like a superior basketball team. I think it was 27 to 13 before it all started going awry. And uh, credit to Ed Cooley. He's a good coach, you know. And, and as soon as he dialed up that zone, and like you mentioned, he mixed up those zone looks, and, and Texas Tech had no answer for that zone. And it's so funny. I forget who tweeted it. It was like, why do teams struggle with the zone? Because – in theory, it's so easy, you know, just give it, give it to the hole right on the free throw line. And that opens up everything. 
<laughs> but you know, I mean, it's so. Fr- <laughs> Let me tell you this though, it's so fresh. Like I get it. I've 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 played. I I I. I it's it is definitely easier watching than it is actually doing it. But like the guy, it's there's there's holes in the zone, and it's so easy to dump it off. The problem is, and I'll say this with Providence, they have really wide arms. They tried it a couple times where Tech tried to hit the zones and got deflected. So it's 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 you're always second guessing yourself of. I make this pass, it's going to be a turnover. If I make this pass, it's going to be a turnover. And that, I think, was part of it, too, of there was so much. Tech in the first six games was able to play and flow. The offense was flowing. Everything was great. They were able to play the way they wanted to play. There was a lot of double, triple, quadruple thinking out there. And that's I mean, not the way Hooper's hoop. And, and again, credit to Ed Cooley because, I mean, you mentioned it. The first... How many games have we played before this one? Six, seven? Six, six. The first six games of the season, there was, we hardly ever had to get into a half court set. You know, it was get a stop and run. And that was the, the offense, you know, through six games. So credit to them for making us get into the half court and exposing our inability to kind of, you know, get things going, not on the break. And, and that's something that the Red Raiders are going to have to get figured out pretty soon. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I listen. I, I'm gonna say something. Y'all ain't gonna like it. Mark Adams got out coached. Mm-hmm. He did. Mark Adams got out coached in this. Ed, Ed Cooley saw his team down, made adjustments, and the Tech offense in the first half was not able to adjust to that adjustment the whole half. Now, I will say, I do think Tech did a great job adjusting in the second half. But here's the difference: Ed Cooley did too. Providence put up 44 points in that second half. Yeah, sure, we can put a lot of that to referees and free throws and all that stuff. And I get that. But 44 points in that second half, not all of it was free throws. A lot of it was good shots, open shots, shots off um, uh, the, the set plays that were made, breaking some of the zo- the, uh, the press that we were having in there. I mean, Mark Adams got out coached in this game. And I'm not saying that as in like Mark Adams coached bad. I thought he did a great job when it came to substitution, substitution Jenga is what I call it. I thought he did a great job there. He, he, was able, he used his timeouts, used his out of bounds to, in, in a great way. But Ed Cooley just did, was one better. That's, that's all it is. And, and I think something to be said, and, and people mentioned it during the game, that, that neither team could get really into any kind of offensive rhythm because of all the whistles. I think they, they took 38 free throw shots. I mean, that's pretty wild that you could pretty much half of your scoring output is free throws. Um, well, potentially half of your scoring output is free throws. That, that's just a lot of whistles. So it's hard for guys to get into rhythm and, uh, Someone who has been in a great rhythm for us was honestly pretty awful in this game. Bryson Williams. Um, oh, buddy. Yikes. Oh, my. Yikes. I, I didn't have a problem with anybody else's play in this game, but Bryson, Bryson, Bryson. It was, he had a rough, rough game. And I think a lot of it had to do early. Early from the very beginning, he was in foul trouble. Right from the very beginning, he's in foul trouble. And, and that took away a lot of his aggressiveness. Right. He's not he's a guy that plays better when he can be a little bit physical down low. He's already not the biggest guy. He, he's, he's already not the biggest guy. He's already playing up against bigger competition. And he had a pretty a pretty tough matchup against Watson from Providence. And he held his own. The whole tech team held their own against Watson. Watson averages almost 19 points a game and only put up five in this game. Their, their but, two best players hardly showed up and they still beat us because Horchler, yeah, Horchler had been on a run yeah. before that game, too. Yeah, and, and but with with in, in terms for Bryson, he from when when he got into foul trouble, you started seeing him really try to play the finesse game and try to do up and unders and and do light touches, and it's just that's not his style. It's not his game. 
Um, I like it better when he's being aggressive down low, and then when he comes back out, is hitting those hitting those mid ranges, and he just wasn't able to do any of that. And uh, he he had a difficult difficult game in this one. Uh, McCuller. Now I will say some people were talking about McCuller. McCuller's biggest problem. He's another guy that was in foul trouble from the very beginning. I don't think he had a bad game, but it did take away his aggressiveness. Only one guy stayed aggressive throughout the foul trouble, and that's Terrence Shannon. Well, and I'll say. I think it was his last foul, uh, Kevin McCuller. You said he, I mean, that was just stupid. I mean, he's, he's my guy. I think he's a great player, but that was a very questionable decision to tr- try and like get over the top of that screen. Or I can't remember what he did, but he just, he was trying to, he was trying to cut off. He was trying to cut off the ball handle, the ball dribbler. Uh, he took a bad angle to, and it's just, it was a foul from the very beginning. And it was, it was just a bad, bad decision when you have, especially when you have four fouls already. Yeah. Trying to front that guy when yeah. he had no business, no position. Yeah. And, and But through all of this, we still had a shot to win at the end of the game. Um, this, this is this is a game, but I will say this. I know it was frustrating to watch. Not too worried. This game didn't worry me. Uh, a, a lot happened in this game. that It just... Give it 38 free throws when a lot of the fouls in this game were really touched. Really ticky-tack, really touch fouls, a lot of questionable stuff. You really couldn't do anything. I think one misconception that refs have a lot of the times is they blow whistles early to control the game. But that doesn't – a lot of the times they don't really control the game. You're blowing whistles early before guys can even get a feel of the game. And it's just – that doesn't control anything. It's just now guys are playing scared. They're not playing basketball. And so it's – uh you know, I don't like criticizing refs very often. I've, I've refereed before. It's a tough job. It's a hard job. Um, I don't think they're the other reasons. Actually, I don't think. I know they're not the reason Tech lost this game. We just kind of described a lot of the reasons why Tech actually lost the game. I thought that they were, though Tech scored less free throws, I thought that they were equally bad to both Tech and Providence. There were some falls that I'm like, you got to be kidding me on the Providence side too. But got refs, like you, the games like that are not fun to watch. They're not. People are coming here to watch Texas Tech play Providence in Rhode Island, and that game was not a fun game. And it wasn't because of the players wasn't because the coaching staff that would have been fun to watch the players and the coaches coach against each other. It was the refs completely took all the fun out of the game. Yeah. And it, it's very easy to blame the refs for this game, but you could look at a few things Texas tech did or didn't do that could also have changed the outlook of this game. I mean, you make a few more free throws and and you win this game. Um, You know, as much as we loved that deep three from Terrence Shannon, he tried it again. It wasn't a good... I didn't think it was a good idea the first time he shot it, and I didn't think it was a good idea the second time he shot it, but... uh, Hey, if you don't take... Those are those shots. If you don't take them, you better make them. Yeah. You make them, I'm not going to say anything to you. But if you're going to take it, you better make it. The second you make it... I I think he did sit down immediately afterwards. You're going to sit your butt down. (laughs) Those are one of those shots. If you're going to take it, you better make it. Um, and then actually, and he did something similar really at the end of the game there when we didn't, we just did not need. We had plenty of time of left shot. on the shot clock and he just put one up. Yeah. Did not need that type of shot. So disappointing loss. Um, but this is, this is a game that it gives, it gives Mark Adams a lot to look at, a lot to see where we lack. Um, and I will say, I thought, I thought though Davion Warren wasn't great. I uh, didn't have a good shooting that. I like his aggression. I like Ter- I will say this. Ter- we, there's no question who, to me, who the best player on the team is, who our stars, who our Jarrett Culver, our Keenan Evans, all that stuff is. It's Terrence Shannon. If I hadn't, if you had any question, if you thought, well, maybe it's McCullough, maybe it's Warren Williams, it's Terrence Shannon. He's the star of the team, and that is good. I, I think it's important in March to have that guy 
that you can that you, like, hey man, we need you to just go out and get it. Uh, and and I, I cannot think of the last team that won without it. You need you need it in March. And I think seven games in, we know who that guy is. But now, can we take those lessons learned against Providence in a loss? We have three games. We talked about this three game stretch of Providence, Tennessee, Gonzaga. We cannot go 0-3 in that stretch. Cannot go 0-3. And honestly, losing to Providence, Tennessee's a big one. And Madison Square kind of got to have it. So, um, Dylan, who is your player of the game for this game? I mean, we, we talked about it. It's the man. The man in March. The guy who's going to have to take the shots, even though he may might miss them. Terrence Shannon. I mean... Uh, really aggressive early on. If he doesn't get in foul trouble, there's a good chance we win that game. Uh, yeah, Terrence Shannon, he's that dude. Yeah, I mean, it's there's really no contest. There's nobody else that, that's uh, uh, close. I mean, Kevin O'Banner had kind of the quietest 12 points I've seen in a long time. <laughs> um, so it's, there's nobody else that I, I even have as a close number two uh, as far as player of the game. It's absolutely Terrence Shannon. Now, what about your sixth man of the game? Sixth man of the game. Oof. I mean, Adonis Arms, when when we needed him, when people were in foul trouble, he was the guy to come off the bench. And while he didn't really fill it up from the stats perspective, he led us in rebounds. Adonis Arms, and I tweeted this during the game, he is the most underrated asset we have on the team. And and, and Coach Adams sees it. He, I mean, he played 28 minutes in this game. He actually, actually, I didn't even, well, a lot of that had to do with foul trouble, but he led the team in minutes. And uh, it's, he led the team in minutes, playing really good defense, using his arms. I saw him once get a rebound over five players. <laughs> Got a rebound over five players. Um, he's aggressive. He just need to work on the touch a little bit. <laughs> need to work on the touch a little bit. So I missed some gimmies in there. Uh, but Adonis Arms is good. I'll give you another one. Marco Santos Silva. Thought he played good. Thought he played a good game, especially in relief for Bryson Williams. He's not going to get as many offensive sets this year as he did last year. We're not going to run the ball. We're not going to try to run anything through him. We're not even going to, you know, he's not going to get that. But I think he's working really hard this year. I think he's hustling more this year than he ever had last year. And uh, it's good that he's really bought into the new the, the new style. So, yeah, anything else about this game that you want to preface? Mm, no, I, I think it was, uh, I think you mentioned it, you know, seven, eight times out of ten, Texas Tech wins this game. But the combination of the whistles and foul trouble and the zone and, Honestly, great coaching by Ed Cooley. Um, we, you know, we, we lost this we lost this game, but I, I, it doesn't alarm me too much. I think you know, if we lose these next two, maybe there's there's a reason to raise raise some red flags. That's kind of a hard couple words to say. Uh, that might be the time to do it, but now isn't. So I will say this: the only thing that does give me cause for concern is the Big Twelve, which is the basketball is the basketball conference. Listen. I don't care what nobody else says. We're the basketball SEC, not the ACC. It's it, The Big 12 is murderer's row a lot of years. This year, I thought it would light up. I thought, you know, as good as Kansas is, you got you, only, you got Baylor, Texas, Texas Tech, but the, the rest of the conference ain't too ain't too hot. You know what I'm saying? Um, I might have been wrong. I mean, Baylor already looks like a powerhouse already. After losing everybody from last year, they're bringing it back, and they just beat the crap out of Michigan State. But get this, Iowa State, who I think I predicted to be last in the conference, is undefeated and has beat ninth-ranked uh, Memphis and beat them pretty handily, right? Not only that, Oklahoma comes out of nowhere and beats 14th-ranked Florida. 
this was the teams that I believe, if I remember correctly, I had Oklahoma pre in the preseason, I think seventh or eighth, and I had Iowa State dead last. They're beating ranked top 15 opponents. So uh, the Big 12, once again, it is tough out here. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter who you play in the Big 12. It's going to be one of, one of those... One of those years where it doesn't matter who you play, it's going to be a dog fight, a rock fight every single night. Well, we're going to have our shot against a ranked team here soon. And Madison Square Garden this Tuesday, Dylan. Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Um, Texas Tech Red Raiders up against the Tennessee Volunteers in Madison Square Garden. The 13th ranked Tennessee Volunteers. What is, what is your initial thoughts of this game? Uh, you know, I think this is going to be a tough one. Uh, you know, pretty obvious. I mean, this is going to be a tough one. Tennessee's a good team. I've been a big fan of Rick Barnes for a long time. I think he's a really good coach. And uh, while Providence, you know, we were scared about their their big man combo. We actually did a very good job against their big man combo, but their guards ate us up. And uh, Tennessee has some really good guard play. And so that's something you've got to be concerned about. And I'm sure they watched that Providence game. I bet you they come out and look, give us some zone looks to see if we figured it out. So Mark Adams has his work cut out for him before this one. I hope they do, to be honest. I really do. I hope I hope Tennessee does. That's something that we're going to have to be ready for. We're going to have to be able, able to beat that. Because if that's two games in a row where you're truly struggling against a zone like that, oh, every coach in the conference is looking at chops and saying, well, we know how to beat them. Now, luckily, one coach that we do have on staff has experience against the Tennessee Volunteers, and that's Coach Corey Williams. He was the assistant coach at Arkansas the past few years. He's He's got a chance to play Tennessee one to two times a year. So he's going to have some insight on how to beat the Volunteers, how to play against the Volunteers um, and, and against that staff. But it should be a good time. Uh, so give me your key. I know you talked about the guards a little bit, but give me your key player matchup to watch out for. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be probably Kevin McCuller versus Vescovi, uh, the Uruguayan. Um, you know, I, I, I do think it's going to come down to stopping their guards. And Vescovi has been uh, a much improved player for Tennessee. I mean, he's averaging 15, 15 and five a game, 15 and five rebounds, not assists, five rebounds. So they've, they've got some good rebounders and they, they've got. Yeah, I think Viscovi versus McCuller is probably the matchup that I'm most interested to see. Well, you're taking it oh, to the guards. I'm gonna Cole. take it to. I said Culver McCuller. Yeah, you did. I'm gonna take it to the big man. All right, we talked a little bit about Bryson Williams, uh, uh, Bryson, and, and though Bryson had a little bit of an issue down low, especially with foul trouble, he's gonna have another big guy to deal with, and that's Oliver and Kamoa. I think I said that right. I, I appreciate Oliver because he has a double consonant last name that NK, that I got NK too. So hey, I know you're from Finland. I'm sure there's some West African somewhere. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm sure it's in there somewhere. Okay, so uh, but uh, Olivier, I said Oliver. Actually, I didn't notice that second eye. Olivier Nakamwa, uh, the big man for Tennessee. He's gonna be big. He's a lot bigger than Bryson is. He's a lot more defensive. He's not really their their off. He's not really the offensive guy that we saw Watson usually was from Providence. He's much more defensive. And so when we try to go into Bryson like we have before in the past, Olivier is going to be there. So uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that matchup goes. Yeah, and, and hopefully Bryson rebounds from last week because I do think that's got to be an important factor in this game because we need those easy buckets that Bryson's able to produce for us. You know, feed him down low, let the defense collapse, and, and that can get a lot of offense in itself started. So. Absolutely, absolutely. So what is one thing that Texas Tech needs to look out for from Tennessee 
uh, if they're going to win on Tuesday. <laughs> zone defense? <laughs> Is that too, e- Other than zone too easy of an answer? Yes, um, very much so. Oh, man. Uh, one thing to watch out for. I don't know. Pass. I think it, I just I think it's got that's what the most curious thing for me is are they going to repeat exactly what Providence did and has Texas Tech learned from their lessons? Well, I'll say this for Providence, they are a high scoring team. They have only scored under eighty points once this year, right? And that was when they got smacked by by Villanova. They are a high scoring team. They get up and down the court. They are going to run, but guess who else likes to run? Texas Tech. So it should be – this is a game, actually, and I'm glad this is a game I'm going to get a chance to go to. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think they're going to go up and down the court, and Lord Jesus, please give us some refs so don't call everything. Because if they don't, this will be a fun game to watch. But it's going to really count on who is the more defensive unit. And Tennessee, I'll say this, Tennessee is a good defensive team. They're not bad at all. They're not, they're not scrubs on the defensive side either, but they put some points up on the board easily. And they uh, and they share the ball really well. I, I mentioned all their guards. Their guards do a good job of sharing the ball. They're third in the country in assists. So it makes you, you know, it's funny because the, the team we're describing sounds a lot like Baylor last year. Right? And so, actually, I say Baylor last year. Sounds like Baylor this year, too. <laughs> it's, they're, they're not as guard heavy this year as they were last year, but still, they're, they're there. And so... It'll be very interesting to see these two teams go up against each other. I don't think Tennessee has the length that Texas Tech has, but they do like to get up and down the court. They're fast-paced. They put a lot of points to the basket. Excuse me. Oh, I finally came up with a legitimate answer. All right, what's your legitimate answer? The one thing to look out for. 30 minutes later. I I just figured it out. One thing to look out for is they have four guys that average double digits in points. So I think that's something you you got to be wary of is they don't just have one option, two options, three options. They have four legitimate options. So that's uh, that's something that worries you a little bit. That would have been a really good uh, answer. Yeah, would have been a really good answer when I first asked it. Yeah, you know, for your past. I'm just gonna, I'm you know, just gonna edit credit. it. I'm gonna put it back in there. No one's gonna know <laughs> no. what happened. Oh my god, you're the worst. Uh, you're the absolute worst. But you know, one thing that is the best is Manscaped. Manscaped. Christmas is coming up. Got to make sure to get your people set. Your Christmas gifts going. And Manscaped is there for you. So make sure we are there. Still an ad partner here for Tortillas and Takes. Um, and look, we're just trying to hook it up for Christmas. I, I bring them up as much as possible because they're just, I've, I have told y'all last time, and I'm going to say it again, I've already got my gifts for the guys in my life, right? For my dad, for my cousin. I already, I've already got my gifts. Good to go. So um, make sure you get yours too. They have these great little package boxes. And uh, it's lit. That's the sound that it makes. Oh, the lawnmower 4.0? Yeah, the lawnmower 4.0. Oh, there you go. There you go. Um, so, yeah. So, <laughs> but again, Dylan gets no credit. Dylan gets no credit for uh, his late answer there. So, um, give me your, if Texas Tech wins this game, who will be the player of the game? Hmm. of me wants to say Bryson Williams, but you know what? I'm kind of waiting for the Kevin O'Banner breakout game. And I think this is a prime opportunity for it to happen. I think, you know, people that have been scouting these teams, they're probably looking at Bryson Williams. They're looking at TJ Shannon. Give me the Kevin O'Banner breakout night. And I think that guarantees a win for the Red Raiders. 
a Kevin. I've all I've been waiting for. I have been waiting for that game. He had it game one. We have not seen it since. It's kind of as he's. It's kind of as if he's kind of just chilling in the corner. And is and and if that's his role, that's his role. That's good. We kind of expected a little bit more from KO. And so I'm. I, that'd be a. This would be a good game to see it. I actually think the guy's gonna ball out. I put it on the board. Put it on the board. Fifteen points at least, maybe even twenty points from Davion Warren. He's gonna ball out in this game. You know why? There's people probably out there. He's from Buffalo, New York, so they're gonna make the they're gonna make the what what three four hour drive from Buffalo to New York City, right? They're gonna come out to go watch him. He's his boy's gonna be there, right? It's in the Mecca, probably the place he grew up wanting to play in, and against a fast paced team with a lot of guards. Davion Warren is my guy. He's going to put up at least 15, if not 20 points in this game. Book it. Easy dub. Easy dub. And it's not a women's team, so I'm probably, I might be right about this one. <laughs> this is the women's basketball team. Oh, God, I don't know. Me and Ken's are going to start the women's basketball pods here starting next week. And, if, and I feel like everything I'm going to say is going to be out. <laughs> if Davion Warren can't buy a bucket, you're fired. <laughs> We're done. Ah, this is not going to be great. I'm going to cancel you myself. Uh, Well, anything else you want to say to the people, Dylan? One last thing for the people. We touched on it briefly, but imagine a world where Zach Kitley is coaching Quinn Ewers and a dozen other five-star prospects that followed him to Texas Tech. What a world. Hey, hey, hey. Now, I didn't say the OC that I've been hearing about was Zach Kitley. You don't know who I'm talking about. The, the people know who we want. <laughs> we want Zach Hey, man, Kittley. you don't know what I'm talking about. Can we talk about all types of people? Can we talk about Cliff Kingsbury? He, he wants to come <laughs> coach with his dad and the place that he loves. It makes too much sense. <laughs> it's the funniest thing about the tweet we put out that Cliff Kingsbury is going to be the OC <clears throat> at Tech is a large amount of people didn't get the joke. <laughs> a large amount of people were like, well, why would he do that? Or look at these guys in their sources. It's like, all right. Yeah. (laughs) Or somebody put, like, I don't know what's funny, the people who don't get the joke or the people having to explain to the people who don't get the joke. (laughs) Uh, It's one of of our classic gems. Got him. Truly one of our better tweets. Uh, So, all right. Uh, Now, anything else you want to say to the people, Dylan? No, that was my thing. There you go. Um, So, like we said before, we are... Now presented by the 1012 Network. Oh, it's going to be, man, I'm so excited. It's going to be great, great, great stuff. Um, and, you know, we're going to, sooner rather than later, we're going to get more guests on here, too. I think we just had Norris Odiase. We're already brainstorming about what other guests we can bring on to you. Uh, we have our connections. We know we know our people. We have a lot of friends of the pod. You've been listening to our pod for a while. You know we have a lot of friends of the pod. Who knows? Friend of the pod, Matt Wells, may come on. <laughs> you, never, you, you know, and some of these people know. are actually becoming legitimate friends of the pod. Yeah, so that's, that's nice. That's true. So um, we are working to get more guests on here, too, because that's 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 what we want to bring to our listeners is more guests, not just from the 1012 Network, but also former Red Raiders, current Red Raiders, future Red Raiders. Uh, Quinn Ears, you, you listening? Future friend of the pod. Um, so, so, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, for our producer extraordinaire, that is Dylan Smythe. I am Albie Shore. You've listened to the Tortillas and Takes podcast presented by the 1012 Network. As always, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network.